We tend to dislike mysteries. We feel uncomfortable not knowing. The more that we know, the less we bend. The more brittle we become. The easier to break. That wasn't an act of God. Wasn't it? It's okay to just look at the world and say why, why, why. I don't understand. Welcome to Killer Casting. I'm Lisa Zambetti. I am a casting director in Los Angeles. And, you know, as I've said in the past, one of the best things about having a podcast is I can just randomly be clicking on something that I had no intention of watching, but I just click on it. And I get this feeling, this like overwhelming adrenaline rush when I start watching something that I'm really into. And I wish there was somebody next to me that I could be like, oh my God, oh my God. And course there's nobody um but i can pop on the very next day actually i can text two of my girlfriends and say hey will you please watch this and then let's jump on and talk about it and that's exactly what i've done i am here today to talk about the first episode of a show that a lot of people are talking about which is midnight mass written and directed by mike flanagan and here to talk to me about it is my friend the brilliant award-winning screenwriter television writer heidi nyberg hey heidela Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. You're so formal. (laughs) Getting me out of my shell of watching something different. (laughs) Oh, good. And, you know, I can't do this without checking in with a wonderful actress. She's so talented and she's my social media maven, uh, Ashley Arpel Greenwald. Welcome to Killer Casting, my dear. Thank you. I I know a lot of behind the scenes stuff, so I'm excited to be in the forefront today. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. It's October. This literally is my favorite month of the year. Uh, We're letting Dean have the day off today because we have so much content coming out because there's so much to talk about that's going on in the month of October. Lots of stuff to watch. Uh, I wanted to talk to these ladies about Midnight Mass. So I've only watched the first episode. I had no idea what this was about, except that Hamish Linkletter was in the key art, who I love. And the one thing I noticed about this this show right off the bat is that I have cast many people who are in this show or have I've auditioned many of them or I've wanted to cast many of them. And I just got really into it. I could easily have binged it last night, y'all. I could have easily have stayed up, but I didn't. I restrained myself. But isn't it great to have something you want to binge? Definitely. Yeah, that that was my issue too. When, right when you you started talking about it, I walked into this site unseen. 
I didn't even watch the trailer. I was like, it's spooky. Lisa likes it. I'm going to try it. It's October. And then I had, I had no idea that Zach Guilford was in it. Wait, so you, did you, you've met him before? Oh, I've met, I take any opportunity I can to meet anybody from Friday Night Lights. (laughs) I do. I will stalk them. I went to work for the casting director of Friday Night Lights only because she had done that show. And in that office, there is a whole back library of all the old scripts. And it took all of my self-control not to just spend the whole day looking through all the scripts and all of the audition clips of like Taylor Kitsch and all that. (laughs) Anyway, that's a whole other show. So like I was saying, I don't know Mike Flanagan, the creator of the show, but I swear, Heidi, I feel like he's peeked into my Hello Kitty diary and has read like all of my secret passions. He just gets me. He gets me hard. He has so many of my touchstones. (laughs) The thing about him is, you know, um, I'm not a horror person. I don't watch horror shows, but I have in my writer's group, we have a couple of people who write horror. So mm-hmm. I'm forced to read it. He has managed in this pilot to set up all the flavors of scares. You've mm-hmm. got monsters, you've got grounded fears, you've got uh, spirituality and religious fears. So there's really no one who's getting out of here without being afraid. <laughs> Yeah. And that's a really great, I want to ask you about how hard it is. I mean, beginnings of series and ends of series obviously are really hard. You could start a series really well and then it goes off the rails or so you cannot, you know, and like for me, honestly, like three minutes into any series, I know if I'm in or I'm not, even if it's yeah, a slow too. burn, you know, and this one, I just immediately was drawn into. He just really knows what the fuck he's doing in these first five yeah. minutes of the scene of the show. First of all, he plays Neil Diamond. Now, Ashley, you're an infant. You have no idea yeah, the touchstone Neil Diamond is for our parents. Yes. <laughs> but I know um, the name. I know the name. Right. Well, um, anyway. So it's I, a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a big deal. So we we open on this this show. Uh, and I'm always just so interested in how a writer gets us into the premise gets us into the inciting incident. You know, how do they hook us? And he just does this amazing job in the beginning of playing this Neil Diamond song. Right. Which I, I looked up and I don't remember what it's called now, but it's, and it's a dichotomy because it's this kind of song. I don't know. It's kind of lilting along. And, but what we're seeing is just a horrifying, horrific yeah. crash. What oh, well, and the thought? cinematography is just really, really also, I just have to talk about the cinematography is beautiful. Yeah. And it that's does the, that's so what much. I noticed too. Yeah. It does it's, so much to help with the setup because we're in so late in the scene, which is beautiful, right? We're, it's already happened and we're in yes. there and you only catch a glimpse of the handcuffs. You don't mm-hmm. see it right away. And so it unfolds in such a lovely thoughtful way. Yes. It's very planned, you know, what you see first and what you see next. And, you know, cause initially I felt so much sympathy for him, but then there's the glimmer of the handcuffs and the dialogue. I mean, when he's praying and he tells him to ask about, you know, what he's, what he, why the victim dies and the, you know, the, the person who's been drinking just gets a scratch. It's just like, everyone's had that thought, right? Right. And mm-hmm. uh, it's really piercing. That scene is very piercing. Ashley and jump in, Ashley. Don't we you know, please don't feel like you need to hold back. Yeah, talk well, over. I, I, <laughs> uh, I'm from New York. I have no issue doing that. Um, I didn't realize I knew the severity of that first scene, but I didn't realize at first I thought they might have known each other. I thought maybe she was a girlfriend 
And it didn't click that she was this poor random. I, I'm almost positive it, a teenager. She was a teenager, right? That was the. That's um, why he says, why is it the kids? That's what the paramedic says kids, to him. Yeah. So that's such great writing. Like it doesn't yeah. lay it out for you. Like, like Heidi just said, you don't see the beginning of the crash. You don't see him getting into the car drunk or whatever. Like mm-hmm. you might in a normal Mm -hmm. Uh, procedural you might see all that that on ramp of it all but instead you Mm -hmm. see the aftermath and the shock and when they finally showed they didn't show her at first I mean they showed her full body but when they did a close-up of her face like towards the end of that scene right uh, that that was horrific but beautiful because it almost looked like diamonds but half of her head sparkling Mm -hmm. yeah all the lighting, it's at night. You can see this brilliant cityscape around them. And I, I just was re-watching it and I didn't catch that they were in sh- Chicago, I'm guessing. And if you really are looking at all the details, you can see that the car crash, his car is some fancy fucking testosterone. Yeah, and hers is like BMW. a VW. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so that just tells you a, a big story. A right there. And a just ton. one image, one image. Right. There's something really, I think, noteworthy in the way that the cinematography and the directing and the writing made the victim look beautiful because when you're a victim of a crash like that, you're scary and ugly and you're there and mm-hmm. you're dying and you look terrifying, but they mm-hmm. made her beautiful. And I just mm-hmm. thought that was wonderful. I've never seen that done before. And I mm-hmm. thought it was a really cool thing to do. It made it even more upsetting. Yeah. Because yeah. you saw the promise. You could see the promise, you know, of, right, of right. her life. Like right the scene, it was like, it was scenic. It was, the sparkle it was upsetting and, yeah. that it was, it looked like a painting. Yeah. Right, 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 right. It was this so, beautiful tragedy. So we see right the offender, the drunk offender. Now, for me, he will always be Matt Saracen. Okay, Zach. That's Bilford. so funny. He's just, <laughs> I, I just love him. My sister and I could just go on and on about how crushed out we are on Matt Saracen from Friday Night Lights. And to see him as the offender, I mean, that's casting that is actually very sly and clever because he is so likable. And is usually the underdog that you're rooting for. And to see mm-hmm. him in shock, I almost thought that he was, they, they call it, uh, they actually call it walking dead when, when you're actually dead, but you're in shock after a crash mm-hmm. and you look like you're alive and you look like you're talking and, and functioning, but you're actually dead. Um, I thought that that was what was happening to him, but no, he's, he's the driver. And, um, you know, very shortly, and let me know if you guys, if I skip ahead and you have something to say, just say, oh. And and so he goes to he's in front of the judge very quickly after that. And Elliot from E.T. is his dad <laughs> sitting in the sitting in the courthouse. And yeah. I know that I rec- I knew that I recognized the woman sitting next to him. But I'm like, she's in such older aged makeup. I don't know who it is right now, but I know I will know who it is. And so his mother's uh, phenomenal. Yes. Even just yes. in that in the in this one episode, she she I adore her. I I pity her mm-hmm. because of her love for her son mm-hmm. not because of that but as you get to know him not that I don't want to give anything away but it just I pity her and she's and trying so it, hard she's and just it's trying so, so sad it's, yeah yeah I think that staying on him I mean I don't know how much we're giving yeah, away get, but in, get, the, in, get, get. in the jail scene allows you to still feel some empathy for him because ultimately now this is the rest of his life and who was he before? And I just am full of so much wonder. Was this a one-time thing? Not to say that it would excuse it, but no, you're now in his world and he's the protagonist and we need to understand him and seeing mm-hmm. him still suffering all these years later, as they showed in the rest of the episode, 
and envisioning her. And that's something that I've always kind of wondered, like if someone kills someone, do they, are they haunted by that person? Or, I mean, I guess it depends on if they're a sociopath or not, but clearly he is haunted by her. Right. Right. And he's feeling something about it, you know? And so it allows you to lean into him. Absolutely. And I think that's a great thing to keep her, the victim alive. Mm -hmm. I just want to go back to when you see him in prison. Now, again, I don't know anything about this show. And, but I knew when you see him behind bars, I'm like, this is not a show about a guy behind bars. Like, we're not going to have any extended time in yeah. prison. Won't be here long. They didn't yeah. show that at all. It, he yeah. he fell asleep and then he was, it cuts to the mother, right? And well, the canting, the canting of the camera the is, interesting, is interesting to talk about in cinematography. I love that. I mm-hmm. love a good camera turn. I just did one this summer. It's really effective in this case because he's, he's in a different world now and his whole perspective has changed. So oh, that makes yeah. me think that makes me think that he might've been somebody good before this happened. Right and now. He's just so drastically changed. Right. Didn't they, he was talking from what I assume is his ex-girlfriend back in town when he, when he comes back home to the Island and, and he says, I had this great job. I was making all of this money. Then he goes, I lost it. I have no prospects. I have nothing. So I think he probably, as far as I know, only watching, I had to stop myself only watching 45 seconds of the second episode. <laughs> I assume I he, right he had to have been a decent guy, but also his father, we don't know whether his father has underlying issues with him prior to the accident That's because the his father does yeah. not like him. Or just, do, because I, he, just because he had a job and he made money doesn't mean he was good, right? So there's clearly something going on with the dad. Is it just the accident or is it bigger than that? And that's another thing I love about the show is questions, 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 questions. That's the job of the pilot to, to throw out these questions that yes. we want to know the answers to. The box, the cat's. The yeah. oil leak. And then also, I think these questions are thrown out. They have very plausible, potentially solutions that are in, grounded in reality, mm-hmm. but maybe not. So you're right. on this kind of, well, maybe the cats are dead because of this. And then, but right. then you're like, no, you know, so it keeps so you So let's this, not like, get too far ahead. Let's, yeah. let's go beat by beat. So we <laughs> leave the prison and we go to this Crockett Isle. Okay. Again, Mike Flanagan, you are just just picking my heartstrings here. Give me a show or a movie set in a sleepy coastal fishing town and I'm yours. I mean, there, I could name so many and I just, we just covered the movie Coda, which is set here in a place very similar to Mm -hmm. this, Gloucester, Massachusetts. The first thing I thought of, ironically enough, was Mystic Pizza, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't they just do it too? What was that? Didn't American Horror Story just do it too with uh, the latest, the first part of the latest season, season 10, they're in a sleepy beach town and yeah. things start okay. washing up on the beach. I don't know. It makes me want to live there, even with the horror, because I love horror and, and scary stuff. Put me, a, I, I'll be trapped in a house with a killer. I'll, yeah. I'll get yeah. Well, you're my, you're, you're my girl. You're my girl. Like so many great shows, like The Affair takes place yes, in a sleepy town. Affair. It's, like, it's so just good. a really great place to set something. So we're on this little bumfuck nowhere, Crockett Island, and you meet the rest of his family. And again, Elliot from E.T. I mean, this act, I love Henry Thomas, but 
he's he's just always going to be so young to me. Yeah. You know, it's very hard to counterbalance that with old age makeup. And then I realized that the mom is played by this great actress, Kristen Lehman, who's Canadian. And this this was shot in Canada and it's just chock full of Canadian actors. And I realized, oh, she's made up so old. This is not there's going to be a payoff for this. We're going to have to probably go back in time and see her when she's young. So right away, and we meet his younger brother. I think I like him. He's yes. so sweet. He's Very super cool. removed, super removed from the whole situation in well, a yeah. subtle way. Which yeah. makes sense because it's his older brother who was yeah. you know already out. And that must be a large age, age gap. gap. Yeah. yeah. And there's also a four year gap between when he comes home and when he, when the accident happened. So he was, pr- I am assuming he's about 15 or 16. So he yeah. was 11 he was or little. 12 yeah. when the accident right. happened. Right, right, right. Get this Suleiman son's Neil Diamond song again. So such the perfect song. For so this great. Backdrop uh, of the introduction of the character of the town. Because the right. town is not only empty, but it's, it's lonely. The way they mm-hmm. shot it is so, and it's not mm-hmm. a lot of shots. They didn't do a long, you know, establishing thing, but just the cuts that they used were so clearly not only alone, but lonely. And it's really well done. Absolutely. So this kid is driving through town. He's going to meet up with his buddies, buy some weed, do their thing. And so it's set up that Riley's right. coming home. The mom is just, you know, so happy he's coming home and trying to make these normal. And the dad is clearly, as you've said, Ashley, He's just he's just checked out. So I was noticing you so you meet these three friends, these three boys, these kids. Now, I love casting this age and it is so, so tricky um, because you, you do want to have older, young, older, young actors to do these kind of parts because they are difficult, but they still have to have that sort of half awake, sleepy eyed, teenage awkwardy kind of affect to them. And it's kind of hard to find an actor just right in that sweet spot where he's not looking so old. I mean, this kid is 19. I think he plays the brother. He's not looking so mature, but he's old enough to have all the nuances. Uh, what'd you get? What'd you think of these three kids? I love them. I love the sheriff's son. What does he say? He was like, what do you want me to say? You want me to say, fuck my dad? Fine. Fuck my dad. Or it was like, <laughs> and not in the context that you're probably hearing it now, but right. he was saying no. it. <laughs> right. Way, he's like, trying to be cool. He's the new kid. He's here with the townie kids and he's trying to fit in. He's trying to prove and then you find out that his mother died. In a yeah, really cool, that, that was a time. cool, that was that's cool. a cool way. That's a cool exposition. Yeah. It made me so upset when he goes, kiss your mother. His father says, kiss your mother. Good night. And he picks up the photo. It just photo. broke my heart. Yeah, but that's what a sweet a, way though, to remember her. Well, and that's such a great story. I mean, Heidi, like from a storytelling point of view, you don't need a whole monologue about anywhere no. in this, about my mom and my death. I mean, they know that everybody on this it town says knows so much. Is, Everything. Yeah about the writing in this show is super economic. Like it just, every word, every bit of dialogue, every shot. And I think um, just a sidebar on um, the creator and director is he spent a lot of time as an editor. Mm. And for me, he writes like an editor and he directs like an editor. He knows exactly what he needs to do to get what he wants. And it's really fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple things about the kids. So they pass by one of their school friends. She's on her porch and she's in a wheelchair. Lisa. Yes, Lisa. Uh, I just want to mention patting myself on the back. The third kid, the curly haired kid, kind of the wisecracker of the group. Two words out of his mouth. I'm like, this kid's a fucking Australian. I mean, he is not American. <laughs> and 
head. I looked him up and he's British. But anyway, Uh you can't fool my ear, people. Right. (laughs) Um, But they're, they're, they're a great trio. I love that a lot. All right. What do you think of this scene, Hyde's cinematography is, again, superb. You have this bird's eye view of the Parsons, whatever. Now, I know that Hamish, you see Hamish earlier on the pier, Hamish Linkletter, and when the kids are going to get their score of the weed. And so I know who he is and I know he's not just nobody. And so when he drags this big old trunk into the Parsons, uh, what do you think of that scene? That overhead shot. I mean, at first I thought we were in the wheelchair house the girl's house for a second. Mm-hmm. And then I was mm-hmm. like, Oh no, wait a minute. We're not. Cause they're like backing in. And I was like, wait, is someone helping her? And then I was like, Oh no, different house. The thing that struck me just about the whole setup of the scene and the direction is that there was the space for that box. So it's not like the first time it's been there. It feels like mm-hmm. it, it, okay. there was a space for it. I don't know. It was interesting. And um, just the bird's eye view, just looking down on what's happening, it removes you mm-hmm. from the scariness, which is an interesting choice, mm-hmm. but yet I was still scared. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> I, I thought that I didn't think there was going to be a jump scare per se, but I thought no, there was going yeah. to be something with unlocking the chest yeah, and perhaps and a body was going to be in there, but they all, there. they didn't show his no. face throughout that entire thing. Yeah. So throughout that entire scene. So I, I was like, okay, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. Let, let's see. This guy's going to be beaten up. There's and a nothing. balance between wonder and confusion. And that scene just nailed it because mm-hmm. I'm not so confused. We're like, what is even happening? I'm, I'm intrigued. I want to know. And when he knocks on the thing and then someone knocks back, I'm like, oh, that's, I think <laughs> I texted you the box. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I watch everything with subtitles and it mm. says in the subtitles, you know, like the box knocks back or whatever. And I was like, oh, because I don't think I may not have, I may have thought, did I imagine that? But no, the box definitely knocked <laughs> back. back. Wait, okay. but, but I'm intrigued. Why do you watch everything with subtitles? That's a really good question. I think because I do watch a lot of British TV and um, (laughs) Australian TV. And sometimes it's really helpful, but now I don't know. I just keep it on maybe because I can read faster than the dialogue comes. And as an actress, as a former actress, I kind of love to see the lines on the page in a weird way. And then you hear how the actor Mm -hmm. says it. How they say them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just something that I, I just. Does it like affect your, like your, when you get scared kind of thing. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, when you have it on, cause I've, I just have it on all the time. So I don't even, even see it really. It's like, I don't even notice it anymore. I don't think it does. Interesting. But now I'm going to have to be very aware. Yeah, of it. we'll put a heart rate monitor on you. We'll have you watch <laughs> yeah. things with and without. Like you'll be prepared before we anything happens. Now we have to, to prove it. <laughs> okay, so just pushing right along quickly. So these three little bajigaloops go and get high on this little, you know, wherever it is that they're hanging out. And so then we really start to get that menacing feeling you know there are things yeah. in the woods we know that there are cats but then there's you know you they, know there's something else some also other like cat. they patch the hole in the boat so the again the grounded scares the monster scares mm-hmm. like there's all the flavors of the scares in the show and yeah they're out there in the dark on the thing and you're just like 
whenever someone's on a lake, I'm just instantly like, okay, so um, the guy from Friday the 13th is going to come right. out of the lake. I just can't. Uh, I love that. Jason. Some kind of peril. Yeah. I'm a big fan of his work. I love he's, him. He's fan worthy, man. But uh, this is a great scene because they're seeding a lot of information that you're going to need later. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really note, and it's great because I didn't super notice it the first time watching it, but they're seeding that, okay, when things are dead, they wash up at my house and all that. And right. I love that the kids are trying yeah. to scare each other kind of with their stories. I borderline felt that was a little heavy handed with the exposition, but because mm-hmm. it was the kids and we were just meeting that one kid, I felt like it was okay. He was explaining it, but as a writer, exactly. I was like a tiny bit of exposition, but totally worked so but i mean that's why you have a character like that who is Mm -hmm. new to the island job does have to learn their job totally at this point i don't know why i wrote this but i wrote that i love series kind of like stranger things where there's an adult storyline happening and Mm -hmm. a kid storyline happening and you're happy whichever world you're in and so far i'm very happy to be hanging out with these kids and you know the adults Mm -hmm. Okay, so the next scene we're at. No, wait. For, so he comes home. So Riley comes home. Mom picks him up, and then there's Miss Nosy Nelly, the church lady there. Oh, yeah. Bev there? was her name. Yeah, her Beverly's name her name, and she is played by an actress that, of course, I cast on Criminal Minds, mainly because she's a good actress, but she has red hair, and I have a real thing for redheads. Like almost everything I cast, I feel like I, I ha- it's my duty to cast a redhead. And one time I I'm going to go dye my hair. <laughs> I'm going to be a redhead tomorrow. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we see the mom picking him up. And then now we're in new character. Don't know who she is. Lovely woman in the baby. Oh, you thought she was a lovely woman? That's so interesting. The patient or the nurse? I thought she was the doctor? so annoying. You oh, the, the doctor, doctor or Bev? The, who's? Oh, Bev. Oh, not I Bev. thought that was So now, sorry, okay. I'm getting confused. So we're now we're in the the... Why can't I obstetrician gynecologist's office? The doctor. Oh, yeah. she's when, she's so nice. Can we pause yeah, so on um, on Bev for a second? Yes, pause know, on Bev. Lisa, you have the actor's ear, and you probably picked up on this, but that scene, um, the cadence of the dialogue and the and the words they were using felt so old fashioned to me. And there was yes. two characters that it was very interesting the choices they made. And those two characters having that conversation, it was, it, I felt like we were in olden times. Suddenly it was really interesting. I just mm-hmm. want to look up her name really quick um, because I do want to give her a shout out. So, you're talking, about, so you're talking about Bossy Beverly, the church lady. Yes. And, um, can't wear that cloak. Yeah. Oh, right. He was the cloak to, police. Yeah. When she's talking Later. to Hamish. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Wait, I think she... Her name is Samantha Sloyan, and I cast her on many of these people. I gave their first job. So I, I cast her on Criminal Minds, and later she had a fantastic run on Grey's Anatomy. So we have these, now we meet these new characters. This is kind of a ballsy thing. You have no idea who this obstetrician is. You have no idea the significance of their relationship. And I didn't even, I'm like, is that Annabeth Gish? I'm not sure because they're not showing like her full face for a right. really and her long really short and I'm right, like, okay, right, right. Are we Mystic Pizza? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. and, and they're in Mystic. They're back in Mystic. <laughs> exactly. This is Mystic Pizza too. Um, and then another. It's a grounded scare. I just want to point out another grounded scare with a slight bleed 
evidence. Oh, with the blade. So they're just, and then the Alzheimer's, the mom, like the grounded scares yeah. are everywhere. So if you, if you don't, you know, like the monster scares, you got these other scares. Right. And that moment when they brought in the elderly mom, that's mm-hmm. when I was like, all right, this is ridiculous. That woman is clearly in major old age makeup. What is going on here? There's, there's going to have to be a payoff for this. We're going to have to be going back in time to see these people. They obviously yeah. didn't want to double cast older versions of these actors. So I know, I just know that that's going to be coming down the pike. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I wish they would make their, either wear them long sleeves or put makeup on their hands and arms because the mom, she has these young arms and oh, really? face and it just uh, jumps off the screen for me. Personally. <laughs> Didn't Probably notice that. <laughs> um, okay. Now we meet the hunky sheriff. sheriff. Oh my God. He's so good looking. Sheriff. I like re- I watched that scene that we met him like twice because I, I rewound it. He yeah. is stunning. Sheriff yeah. Sharif, as they tease him. So this is Rahul Kohli, who I have met very recently. He auditioned for me and he is such a cool guy. He's just a guy who probably for the project I was working on, you know, probably was like, why do I have to audition for this? And, but he was so wonderful and so directable and just wanted to talk and chat. I mean, I really fell in love with him. I thought he was great. And he knows Mike Flanagan because Mike did those other, let me just look it up, The Haunting of Hill House and all of those things, why, which yeah. I didn't really get into those. Ashley, did you watch those? I started to, but the thing is my fiance can't do anything scary. So mm. if I'm, so like, unless I go into the other room and watch it, I can't. And I love watching horror movies by myself and horror TV. Right. Um, shout out to Mike Flanagan for Oculus. That movie was phenomenal. But second, no, I, so I couldn't get into it because every time I would turn it on, Scott would walk in the door. He'd be like, okay, let's watch 30 Rock, which is a great show, but not scary. It's not yeah. scary. Not now. This is the chaser, right? That's what I do. I watch the scary and then I get the 30 Rock chaser. Exactly. So we meet this sheriff. Obviously, I mean, you set him up. He's new to the island. People are still kind of teasing him about being from away kind of a thing. Great character actor. He's in the scene, like the town drunk he's in the scene with. Anything to say about the sequence here? You see the sheriff and then you see Riley and his mom trudging the long walk home from the pier you get some setup on the bird which i guess that was just to solidify what the kids saw in the in the sort of the weeds the bird yeah they said you came in here and you were telling people there was a bird chasing you or something oh i missed that yeah so he's kind of like so there is something in those Oh, what do you call those weeds that come up from the water? Like those. Those grass. Yeah. Yeah. The kind of grasses. And like, you guys saw that, right? There's like eyes or something. Like, yeah. I saw the yeah. golden eyes, but I didn't know that it was a bird. I don't know either, but I feel like maybe it was because, and then he sent them about an albatross and he says an albatross is bad luck. Ooh, albatross. Oh, right? okay. Right? So I think that was just to kind of revisit that more monster scares thing. Okay. So Riley and his, Goodness gracious, his mom, you know, they come home. He's in his old room. He's got the Scully poster from X-Files. He's got the poster from Seven. He's sitting in here looking around going, what the fuck am I going to do in this house? And she's just trying to make him at home and trying to explain away why the dad wasn't there to pick him up. And um, she kind of nutshells, you know, there's a little bit of expo here where she's like nutshelling what the what's going on with the town. Yeah. Now. Well, yeah the didn't she say... His dad can't miss 
can't miss not a, she made a point to say he can't miss any, any shift, not a single shift. And because when he went to jail, didn't they say that they owed over $1,000 to the family? So I assume that his family took that, took on that hardship and is paying. And that's probably why she's trying not to make him feel bad, but they're paying this. Yeah, that's so I, I just maybe I internalize that too much, but I thought that she was saying like, "No, your father can't miss." But then a she covered all. for it's, it by saying it was because right. of the leak and the fishing right. moratorium, the limits mm-hmm. they put on. So she kind of went really down. If she is covering for that, that that would I don't know, but that thing really happened, right? With the the spill. Yeah, right, right, right. It's just times are bad. So, times are yeah. bad on Crockett Island. Oh my God, people just leave and don't even sell their house. Right. I was yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Bay Area was bad. Damn. Like, I'm moving right now. I'm like in the process of like looking for places. And when she said that, I was like, wait, what? That is yeah. not how it works. You're not even going to sell the lumber because lumber prices right now, I'm just saying. No shit. I know. <laughs> Um, okay, so storms are coming, folks, and we have yeah, now we get a, yeah now we have this this nice little meeting, this little town meeting, a uh, Bedford Falls mm-hmm. meeting or whatever. Uh, okay, so look, you have the mayor here, played by Michael Truco, who is one of the hottest guys out there, and they have him made up like I don't even this this age makeup. This is when I was like, yeah. come on. Um, this is Mr. Mm-hmm. Battlestar Galactica. I cast again. I, you're going to hear me say this a million times. I cast him on Criminal Minds as this terrible bad guy. He's he's fa- he's fantastic. But now he's sort of like this hokey pokey mayor. And I'm like, all right, come on. But he answers to Bev. Who answers to Bev. Yeah, Bossy Beverly. She's yeah. like, she was so her. annoying in this scene. And everyone <laughs> really else. Thought, I mean, I love Samantha, the actress, but but she, but everyone kept. Everyone was so annoyed with her. And she annoyed me. She annoyed me from the minute the that minute. she started talking. But you I don't know, I don't know Heidi or Ashley, if you said it, but she does have a cadence to her yeah. speech. Like she's it's like, like she's from, old timey. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Salem. Always Oregon, Or I don't, I mean, Salem, yeah, the cadence is yeah. crazy. And the other guy she was talking to also had it. And it was just like extra words and just like, it was, it was really interesting. And so it makes her even more with the bossiness because she's so precise with the way she speaks. It's just, right. Okay, so storms are coming. Now we have this, you know, the awkward family dinner of the century with this family. You know, <laughs> you know, Elliot from ET is very silent and just eating. Uh, Mom is like trying to just make small talk and you know, kind mm-hmm. of gossip. And they're gossiping. It sounds like they're gossiping about Aaron, who we we saw who was pregnant, and this whole thing about church. Nope, Riley is not going to church, you know, um, so it's interesting. I mean, I'm just religion is just so not a part of my life that I'm always a little bit like, do people really talk like this? I mean, do they really? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. Um, Church kind of storylines are like, you know, everyone has kind of their flavor of horror. That's the scariest thing for them. And like the church kinds are scariest for me, like, you know, the omen and all those kinds of movies were the yeah. ones like that are just really scary. So when they're talking about this, it just, it was bringing up stuff for me because I, my mom was an atheist, but my grant, my father's side of the family was like super, super Catholic. So in the summer I'd come and go to church and yeah. do like, and then at Christmas do midnight mass. 
the songs and everything and then go home and be like, no, that's not real. I mean, it's like this yeah. weird thing. Right. So, so yeah, that does exist. And so I would come here and then be that way because that's how they were. I wouldn't stay home because I wasn't Catholic. No, I would go mm-hmm. and just feel bad in the pew because I didn't do all those things I was supposed to do, like the communion and all that stuff. Right. And just sit there by yourself in the pew so that when he's sitting there and he's not going to take communion, it is like that. It is very much like that. Like you go, yeah. you have to go. Yeah. The law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the rules. <laughs> wow. Okay. So uh, Miss Fussy Wussy Beverly is, you know, Miss. she's letting herself into the Parsons. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. she's been looking for the Monsignor. Where is he? He was supposed to arrive. He didn't arrive. <laughs> and then she comes in and whoops, who the fuck yeah. are you? She sees somebody in the shadows. It's interesting because she was looking over at some photos and like even the photos seem to have old age makeup on them. I'm like, I, I'm yeah. just, I'm obsessing over this whole thing um, i get it i was too okay so plot so okay and then we have this awkward scene with the dad and riley like yeah this dad is just yeah, yeah i can't one of you mentioned it i can't tell if this is only i mean obviously from the drunk driving manslaughter of course he's ashamed but like is there something else too like there seems to be like, something yeah. else he still calls him riley still and and maybe i i assume that this is normal but like he still when he says dad and this just might be the inflection that zach guilford is giving the lines but he still it sounds so childlike when he says hey dad why is he asked a question he was like hey dad why why is he there or something like that and it it was so like again very sad and nuanced because his father was so i'm going to answer your question and i'll answer it directly but i'm not going to show you any emotion or inflection and it, yeah. it, but he, but but Riley is still like grasping. He's still trying. That's what it is. He's still trying yeah. to be little boy. I guess I, feel I don't like know. It has to be more. more. I feel like it has to be more. Not that this crash wouldn't mm-hmm. be enough, but parents like usually, you know, have that unconditional love. Like right, the mm-hmm. mom has. So I just feel like there's more. And again, set up a question. Like we don't know. We want to know. We're sitting here hashing it out. Why? 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 Exactly. And then you hope <gasps> maybe the he's not his real father. Ooh, yeah. dun, dun, dun. I'm just like that. putting Maybe things out there. Dad. I could be totally. so wrong. Right, 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 right. Uh, so we have another uh, juxtaposed with another father son who have a much better relationship nice. and they're doing their little prayer, you know, and their prayer things. And so they are very much the other in so many ways. I mean, as somebody has once said that, you know, you could live on Martha's, you could move to Martha's Vineyard when you're like three weeks old, but they'll still say you're from away, you know, mm-hmm. if you weren't born mm-hmm. there. And so that is certainly true with this new sheriff who's coming to town. Not only is he from away, but he's from a completely different uh, religious religion and he just, an otherness to him visually, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, not a lot of diversity on Crockett Island. I actually loved the sheriff's relationship with his son. It seems mm-hmm. as though he's very caring, very doting, which makes sense. We don't know when the mother passed, but we mm-hmm. know that she did. I really, that's something that I gravitated towards their relationship. Even, mm-hmm. even though his son is obviously, he's a teenager, he's going to lie and say he didn't smoke weed, you know, all of that stuff. But I still, I don't know. I sense a closeness between them, which made me really happy to see in this kind of show. Mm-hmm. But super clever writing, Heidi, where he's like, okay, no texting, closes the Love door. That. Like, okay, five more minutes, whatever more it minutes. is. It's like, he, knows, right, he says yeah, 10 minutes, phone down. That was yeah. it. I was like, how can you trust that he's going to put his phone down? I 
did and that just says a lot about their relationship. And that, again, is that kind of writing that's so economical because he doesn't mm-hmm. have to have an argument with his son or, you know, he knows that his son's going to do it. And that's just the way it is because they have that. And they probably have that even more so because what they went through with the mom, whatever that was, that loss, you know, maybe right. like a little bit mm-hmm. closer because of it. Right. Okay. So we got Riley going to bed. We have that callback to the spin. He's laying in his bed in his room, yes, but he's still having the canting. The he's still, he's not over it. He's still yeah. seeing Maybe it. she haunted him every day in jail too. That way. Maybe yeah. I wonder if he sees it. We've only seen mm-hmm. him sleep twice and both times it's been there. So I'm thinking it's every time. Right. And he's having some sort of dream about being alone on a boat and there's a bloody church. Dun, dun, dun. So that must mean, that must mean something, right, Heidi? I mean, yeah, it has to. I mean, they're setting something up. And again, like the balance between wonder and confusion. And we're just right in there walking that line, wondering. And then we still have, I mean, we're just talking about the families right now. Hello. We still have the priest and the box and the cats and the, <laughs> yeah. so much happening oh here. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So finally, what is it where I'm looking at here? 35 minutes into the show we finally yeah. start to get this long intro to beautiful hamish link letter the father what was what was his name father Elliot Paul, no, father paul Elliot. i think oh, father oh. paul hill you got it ashley father oh. paul hill who, i like hamish i'm a friend I'm not a friend a fan. a fan i wish i was a friend it was just like a great Christine. introduction to him because he's introduced to the the altar boys first kind of very slowly and then mm-hmm. like as he walks through the church and the processional or whatever they call that and slowly all face. of the all of the pr- participants are like wait who who's this who's this you yeah. know it was, just, it was just a great revelation and it's cool because uh, his nobody voice says anything. And they're just, no one says anything because that's how church is. Like, you're not going to say who is that or call them out or anything. You're just going to go right. with the flow and see how it, which is interesting because it is such a small town. Well, Ashley, what did you say about his- No, he was coming. Right, right. So his, it's definitely a shock. His voice is very unnerving to me. Every time he speaks, <laughs> not, 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 Hamish Linklater. I mean, the, what he's doing for Father Paul, it's very, it's unnerving a little. Very well. So I'm a high whisper. I'm laughing at you, Ashley, only because Hamish Linklater's real mother is one of the most famous voice teachers in the it. world. Kristen Linkletter, I mean, people have written, she's written books, people have written books about her. I mean, she is the top most vocal teacher. She was at Columbia uh, and she, she's just very famous. She's got a very strong point of view about an voice and their instrument. And um, he's wonderful. I mean, you know, people in my industry have just been in love with him for so, so long. And I was very lucky that I came aboard a movie that he was already cast in. Um, and then I, I filled out the rest of the cast. Uh, it was a midsummer. It was like a version of a midsummer night's dream. Uh, but he's just, he's just fantastic. I mean, he's just one of these, these guys who just is just great in anything he does, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. So he's giving, so he's giving the, what do you call it? The sermon. He's putting everybody at ease. Like, don't worry. Monsignor is coming back. You know, he's not coming back, right? I know he's not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> he's either I in that box. He's in the box. I think he's, what's in the box? I think he's in the box. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's sad is that now we assume he's alive because we heard the box knock back 
But the box knocked back so casually. That really had me going. I know. Why is the box freaking out? Why is it just like, yeah. Well, well, that maybe he's been in there for quite some time that it's almost like, I guess I'll try again today. Like Stockholm syndrome or something, right? In the box. Right. So intrigued. So the father is saying bye to everybody when they leave. And uh, Matt Sarazen, I mean... Riley walks with Aaron. It looks like they're either old friends or I don't know. I don't, did you get the sense that they used to be together or I didn't, I wasn't. Yes. Yes. She was in one of his photos when he went, didn't his mother send him photos in jail? Like that very, the, the, the the letter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, and they were together and he looked at it with love, I assume. So Mm -hmm. they, they act as though they, they dated in the past, but then she, had a rock star life for a while. Yeah. So they What's do this with little the shaming her for being pregnant too at the dinner. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. Like, she was like she seemed that. so that happy was... in the doctor's office and, and I was right. so happy with her. And then all of a sudden and she's married yeah. apparently. She she just so they, they walk and talk and uh she they kind of do a little catch up and she says that she's married. The guy's not in the picture anymore. I have a feeling um, he's not the father. I have a feeling uh, that the ex-husband or or soon to be ex-husband is not the father. Same. Just a really great tone to that little scene. A lot of regret, a lot of sorrow, a lot of melancholy, but just just Mm -hmm. enough, you know? Yeah, not not in a way where you're like, oh, it's going to become the focus. Like, it's not the focus. Like, them getting back together does not seem to be anywhere. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 What was this? Is the first time I'm watching something where, or not maybe not the first time, but one of the few times I'm watching something where I'm not pulling for a love story. I don't need a love story for this. I'd really like to know the backstory more than a new love story. So yeah. It feels like this it's is one of the first times for sure. But I like, but I like the connection for sure. And as you guys have already mentioned, we get this little scene with bossy Beverly and father Paul, where she's like, you know, taking him to task about his frock. And he's just kind of, I mean, she's being, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's kind of begrudgingly, well, you know, that was a nice sermon, but you're wearing the fo- wrong fucking dress or whatever this is yeah. that you've got to wear. I just mm-hmm. love it. She just can't, She's going to be trouble. I, I can yeah, tell already. Definitely. His response, though, was very... So again, what did he say? I don't, I don't think I wrote he, it down. He, he was said, super professional about it. Yeah, right? he mm-hmm. said he, like, couldn't he couldn't find it because the other father must, in his hysteria, <laughs> must have placed it somewhere else or pl- misplaced it in, a, in an ironic spot. I, the word wasn't ironic, but it was like, a place like that. that wouldn't normally be found. Not right. Not in a drawer. Then he said something like, something. "Once I open all the drawers, or something like." He <laughs> yes, was being yes. Sort he of said, like once I open all bit, of the cabinets. Yeah, like a little snarky. Like I just got here, biatch. Say that, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the storm is. <laughs> <laughs> so upon us i love this whole rainy overcast oh you just want to put your sweaters on oh and uh erin she's got the great sweaters i mean oof i want to just wrap myself in those little sweaters everybody's it's raining rain on the windows everybody's kind of dealing with it lights go out nobody closes their curtains in the show also oh no. that's weird why would so you scary really why would you when it's so scary outside <laughs> Leave them open. Let's <laughs> let's look at that. That's they have. There's nothing else to do. Come on, lots of lightning. Now Riley is looking out, and he thinks he sees somebody on the beach, and he thinks it's the old Monsignor father wandering around. Nobody believes his ass. He th- they think he's crazy. And in the morning, just everything's a mess. Everybody's just kind of checking out the damage, and then, uh oh, meow meow. 
That broke my heart. That broke my heart. I have a cat. I'm obsessed with her. Oh, my God. I had to like. Ashley and I just worked on a scene because sometimes I coach (laughs) Ashley and it was about a cat and it was the funniest fucking scene about a woman and her dead cat. Anyway, um, this cat I'm looking at right now. This is not a real cat, folks. This is um, very Fisher Price. This taxidermy, but I gotta see. <laughs> yeah, the paws were big. Yeah. Dead cats look look kind of weird like that. I mean, I've seen one. Yeah, kind of. They get that Why? stiff mouth. So I mean, but, yeah. Why have you seen one? <sighs> because my cat, like, okay, this is sad. I'm so sorry. My cat was sick, very sick, and I found out. You know, they're like, it has just days to live, and so then I was like, my cat hated the vet, like they all do. So I was like, I don't want to make him go to the vet to get put down because it's the place he hates the most, right? So they had like this mobile euthanasia. Oh, I paid the oh. extra to get that. So they came to the house and did it. And then that's when I saw the dead cat. Yeah, you don't oh, usually see cool. that. It was sad. Is, it was just, I'm sorry, that's yeah. awful. But at least he didn't have to ever go back to the vet and that made me happy, so. Yeah, a sidebar. Have you seen these doc, these vet's offices that have these big jars of chocolate? Yes. I saw that. I just saw that. No so dog sad. should go to that heaven without tasting chocolate. That, that is like so sad. Sweet. Eleanor, I hope you're not hearing this. I know, um, right? Anyway. <laughs> Putting her paws over. I also have ears. a dog, but he is oh. fast asleep. Okay. Anyway, so that's the end. We see a million cats on the shore. Um, so something's going on. Something's yeah. happening in this crazy island. But again, maybe a grounded ex- explanation because of the oil spill. You know, it's yeah. weird, but it's like in your mind, you're like, oh, but maybe, well, oh, maybe, you know, but, but no, it's going to be scary. Yeah. It so. reminded me of a sacrifice because aren't cats supposed to be very worshipped creatures i mean obviously yeah. they were but it just seemed that that scene sort of just made me think of a some form of a sacrifice though i don't know what, what it, exactly. how it, that could happen something is out there right mm-hmm. so i was just i just fell in love with this and if it wasn't for meeting with you guys here Today, I would have definitely binge this all night. This is just Same. right up my alley. It's it's something creepy for October. Um, I'm really looking forward to binging the rest of it. I really wish we could just sit next to each other and just like, I know. Um, what, what's I know. that show called where they talk and the things on the screen? Oh, my God. What's Heidi? Mystery, mystery Science uh, Theater. Yes, I wish we could Mystery yes. Science Theater. This I'm the tall guy. So fun. <laughs> but um, thank you for coming on with me today. This was great and digging in with me and giving me your insights. I really appreciate it. So fun. Dean. Now I'm just excited to continue watching it. Yeah, because it started right away and I was like, oh, pause, pause. I know, I know. Right, I know. right, right. Mind you, I still thought, yeah. the la- I thought like the credits or something was going to happen. Same. And then all of a sudden it was the second episode. I was like, I know. I'm like, I'm cheating on Lisa. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to cheat on me anymore. I'm going to jump right into it right after we get off the phone. Thank you, Thanks. Heidi. Thank you, Thank Ashley. You. Dean, we miss you. you, but I know you're working hard on some other stuff for me. So for now, this is Killer Casting signing off. Mm-hmm.